Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society, a podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love mysterious old-time radio stories, but do they stand the test of time? That's what we're here to find out. Today we return to the listener library for a suggestion from not one, but two of our mysterious listeners. Catherine writes, Hi guys, favorite podcast ever. It's just splendid. Please play The Author and the Thing from Lights Out. It is one of my favorites. Self-referential and so, so very arch-o. Keep them coming. You make my week. All the best from across the pond. And Stuart writes, Hello from London. Huge fan of the show, so keep up the good work. You're even getting close to interesting the missus, so you must be doing something right. I feel certain that somebody must have requested this episode already. And if so, I'm seconding it. The author and the thing from Lights Out. Two requests for the same episode originating from across the pond? Coincidence? Okay, yeah, probably. But still, pretty neat. Lights Out was created by writer Willis Cooper in 1934 and quickly gained a reputation as the goriest, most shocking program on the air. Cooper left Lights Out in 1936 to pursue a screenwriting career in Hollywood. Years later, he would return to radio and create another legendary series, Quiet, Please. NBC hired a young writer-director named Arch Obler to replace Cooper. Obler wasted no time making the show his own, writing over 100 Lights Out plays over the course of two years. It was during his tenure on Lights Out that Obler developed many of his signature storytelling techniques, stream of consciousness, dialogue repetition, and, as we'll hear in a moment, metafictional humor. Lights Out ended in 1938, but the show was revived again for a brief run in 1942. Most of the surviving episodes of the series are from the second weekly series. According to the website Digital Deli, The Author and the Thing was first broadcast in September 1936, and again in 1943 when Obler recycled the script for the second series finale. Although we don't have the earlier broadcast for comparison, it's clear Obler updated the play to underscore its status as the final episode of Lights Out. And now, let's listen to The Author and the Thing, starring the one and only Arch Obler, originally broadcast September 28, 1943. It's late at night, and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker. Listen to the music, and listen to the voices. Ironized Yeast presents Light. Out, everybody. It is later than you think. Lights Out brings you stories of the supernatural and the supernormal, dramatizing the fantasies and the mysteries of the unknown. 
We tell you this frankly. So if you wish to avoid the excitement and tension of these imaginative plays, we urge you calmly but sincerely to turn off your radio now. This is Frank Martin. Before bringing you the final Lights Out play tonight, a word from Ironized Yeast. Friends, are you getting all you could get out of life? Or are you so run down, weak, and on edge these war days that good fortune, good friends, and good fun often pass you by? Well, if vitamin B1 and iron shortage is what's to blame, try ironized yeast tablets. They give you these exact two substances. They've been of splendid benefit to people who used to suffer from these shortages. Today, these people tell of glorious pep, strength, and needed pounds regained. So now they can really enjoy life again. That's right. The name is Ironized Yeast Tablets. Enough? Lights out. Everybody. Miss Goddard, answer the phone, please. Yes, Mr. Obler. Yes? Oh, yes, Miss Harrison. Here he is. Mr. Obler? Yes? Miss Harrison. Oh, oh, thank you. Hello, Joan. How's the phantom lady? Oh, yeah. Yeah, am I in trouble? Well, the last light's out. I just don't know what to write about. Oh, no, I got plenty of ideas, but... Oh, well, men dying in foxholes, and what am I doing? Thinking of fantastic... Well, thanks very much, but I still insist that I ought to be... Yeah, okay, okay. Sure, I'll make this last one a good one, and then that'll be that. If I live through it. Huh? No, no, I was just talking to myself. I've been doing that rather consistently these last few days. <laughs> yes, I, I guess all those zombies and ghouls and loop-garoos have finally caught up with me. <laughs> I know, I know. Two aspirins and a glass of water every half hour. Uh, now look here, Miss Harrison, don't worry about me. I'll get the story written tonight if I have to talk to the devil himself to do it. All right, John, all right. Yeah, sure. Oh, fine, fine. Call me back in an hour, and I'll have some kind of a plot figured out. I hope. Give my regards to Norman. Talk to you later. Well, Miss Goddard, let's get to work. Yes, sir. What time is it, anyway? 11.32. Sorry I have to keep you working so late? That's perfectly all right. I know you have to have that play done by tomorrow morning. I'm glad to help. You're an angel. (laughs) Angel. That's a strange word to use here in this room where I've thought up so many demons and monsters. Tell me, or maybe you won't want to tell me. What, Mr. Obler? Working with me on these lights-out plays, do you ever get frightened? Well... You do, don't you? Yes, I do get frightened many times. There was a time I'd have found that very amusing, but not tonight. Is there something wrong, Mr. Obler? I don't know. Tell me... Did you ever sit alone in a room at night and have a premonition? I mean, suddenly get the feeling that somewhere in the house, perhaps in the darkness in the next room, something was waiting, something of malignancy and evil? (laughs) What's the matter with me? If I keep on talking like this, they'll be using me as Exhibit X in a psychopathic ward. Come on, let's get to work. Yes, sir. Uh, Let me see. We'll start out next week's play with the regular lights out opening. Lights out everybody. Chimes later than you think. Gong. First character is named, um, uh, Hellman. Call him Hellman. Jack Hellman. H-E-L-L-M-N. Two L's. Got that? Mm-hmm. 
Um, he commits a murder and he, um... Oh, what's the use? I can't write another one of these things. Ghosts and groans and blood. I, I tell you, I can't do it. I can't do it. Mr. Overler. I'm sorry. Look here, Miss Goddard. You better run along. But aren't we going no, to... No, I just can't write anymore tonight. But the cast, they'll be standing by. The rehearsal. The devil with the rehearsal. I'm not going to go insane writing these things for anybody. Now, now run along, please. Try to get some rest and... You come back early in the morning, we'll see what we can do. Just as you say. Are you sure you're all right? Please go. All right. Good night. Good night. What's come over me anyway? Why, why did I tell her to go? I gotta write this play? Premonitions. <laughs> she must have thought I was getting softening. Oh. Who's there? Oh. Boy, I am in bad shape. The wind rattles the window and I... Lights out. Author goes nuts. There's a headline for variety. I gotta get down to earth. Quarter to twelve. Joan said she'd call back in an hour. I've gotta have some kind of a plot by then. Let me see. How about a, a press agent named Black killing a man named White and Black and White murder... Ooh, is that corny? Maybe I could use a story about a Hollywood producer. Let's see, Johnny Auer. He meets a girl and then's afraid because the girl's husband. Oh, is that out of character? How about Nero chopping off heads in the Roman circus and... Certainly it's quiet in here. Yell all day for quiet and now that I've got it, I... I have got the jitters. What the devil have I got to be jittery about? Things are what they are, if anybody knows that I do. Two and ten makes four, unless you're talking about curved space, and then that has, hold on to what they've got, and anybody who's in this war for profit ought to have his bones broken off, and the... What the devil am I talking about? Huh? Okay. I'd better stop kidding myself. I know what's wrong. I want to write it, and yet I don't. What's the matter with me? Afraid to put it down on paper? What have I got to be afraid of? Here goes. <laughs> Get it over with and outline of title undecided. Get out of my system. Play opens in the cell of a monastery in the Middle Ages. The mystic is cowered in the corner of his room. Outside, a mob is clamoring for his life. It appears that a horrible crime has been committed in the village below... A horrible monster had torn a woman. It appears that this creature brought into being through the incantations of the sorcerer was the concentration of all the evil in men's hearts and minds. A tremendous force of fiendishness and inhumanity put into living flesh to roam the world and commit unspeakable... Of all the drivel. A tremendous force of fiendishness and inhumanity put into living flesh to roam the world and commit unspeakable... Well, dribble or not, there it is on paper. Me own monster conceived in me own mind. Congratulations, Papa. Have a cigar. <laughs> conceived in my own mind. Huh. That's what that crazy monk said in that book Nat Wolf gave me. I wonder who gave Nat that book. Conceived in... Where's that book anyway? It ought to be... Huh. Yeah, I even marked the page. And I say unto thee that if thou shalt be evil and do evil and think evil... And let thy mind rest upon this evilness in the light of day and in the darkness of night for seven days and seven nights. 
there may come into being a thing of evil, and it shall take the form of the evilness of thy thought. <sighs> Written by a half-starved mystic more than ten centuries ago, and I... Funny I should have thought of those words tonight. I've been thinking about them for a week. Shall take the evil, the form of the evilness of thy thought. Seven days and seven... Who? Who's there? No, no, no! What? What the? You? You in my mind? You're just in my mind. No, no. You, you, you evil. You, you, you don't exist. I tell you. I, I thought you up. You're, you're a dream. That's it, a dream. When I wake up, door. It is a dream. It's got to be a dream. Come in. Come in. Get me out of this dream. Get me out of this dream. Get me. Hi, Arch. Well, don't you ever open doors anymore? Now, what's the big idea sitting in here it's all alone? It's not a dream. It's, it's still. Hey, Arch. What's cooking? Eli, get out. Oh, now, Arch, Don't stand there. Look at me. Get out. Can't you see it? Can't you see it? Get out. Get out of here. Hey, what's Eli, the gag? See in here what? Behind you. Look behind you. Well, there's nothing behind me but the wall. Eli. Say, what is this, anyway? A preview of... Eli, get out of here. All right, all right. Now, let's have it. What is this? A preview of a new play? Eli. Boy, am I glad you're quitting lights out after all. Can't you hear him? Who? Hear who? Eli, behind you. Behind me what? What's the matter with you, anyway, Arch? Don't you feel well? You keep staring back at me. It must be a dream. It must be a dream. What's a dream? It must be a dream. Are you tight? What's the matter? The pink elephant's beginning to... Oh, no! No! My brother! No, my brother! Let go of me! You think to my brother! No! 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 Eli. Eli. Oh, no. Eli. Operator. Operator, please. Send police right away, my brother. Please, send police, send police. My brother, my brother, my brother. Yeah. How much time we got to go on this shift yet, Joe? Uh-oh, uh-oh, hold it. Here comes Frank Sinatra again. Squad 39 and 48. Go to Ventura and Redwood. Drunk, making a disturbance. Claims his brother ate by a monster. Squad 39 well, and 48. Go to Ventura and Redwood. Drunk, claims his brother ate by a thing. KLPD signing off. It's true, officer. It's true. My brother, my own brother. I saw it. I saw all it with my own right, eyes. I all saw right, it. all right, all right. So you saw it. Now take it easy, young fellow. You're in a bad shape. I tell you, I'm not drunk. I'm as sober as you are. Now don't get funny. You thick-headed fool. Look, it's there behind you. Huh? What? The thing, the monster. Look at it. Believe my brother, my oh, brother. Oh, I've heard brother. of him seeing snakes and pink elephants, but this is the first one I've seen this bad off, eh, Joe? But he don't look tight. Oh, you never can tell in the valley. There, the, the two of you. Can't you see him? Can't you see him slobbering there in that corner? Hey, hey, maybe we'd better take him down to the station let him cool off in the can for a while, eh? Yeah. yeah. Stop staring at me, the two of you. Why won't you believe me? Why won't you believe me? See, Clarence, maybe this guy's on the level. Oh, are you nuts, too? If something happened to his brother, there'd be someone around, wouldn't there? And there ain't nothing in this room. What have I done? What have I done? You've done? What do you mean? I thought of the monster. 
Seven days and seven nights. I see Joe, the guy's nuts. Let's find out who he is. What's your name, young fella? Yeah, what's your name? Quiet down now. What's your name? Oh, what difference does that make? The thing that sits there and grins at me. Why don't you see it and help me? Why oh, don't you come on, come on now. What's your name? Let's have it. Opaler. What's your business? What do you do for a living? Well, radio. I, I write radio. What's the difference? Radio? Opaler. Say... Ain't you the guy that writes them screwy lights out things Tuesday nights? Yes. Yes, help me. Please, please help that me. Joe. What? Well, this is the guy that writes them ghost things I was telling you about, you know, over the radio. Obler, the guy who always makes his cops Irish. You get it? <laughs> it's one of them gags, one Gags. of them publicity gags. Gags? Oh, you infernal... Now, son. wait a minute, fellow. You Watch me. your tongue. I tell you, it's not a gag. It's here, here in the room. It took my brother and... Hey, can't you hear it? Can't you hear it? Huh? It's laughing. That infernal laugh. Listen to it. Listen to it. Is later than you think. Uh, okay, young fella. If it ain't a gag, you better take a broom and go back to bed. Uh, now, listen, you were going to hang around for a while, so take it easy. Come on, Joe. Let's get out of here. This no, no, wait. Wait. Come, come don't let me. Don't. It's here, I tell you. It's here. Don't let me. Oh. Oh. <laughs> What'll I do? What'll I do? I got to get out of here. Yeah. That's it. I've got to get out of here and find someone who'll believe me. What? Oh, it won't let me out? No, no. Don't come near me. Don't come. The police, they come back. Come in. Come in. Hi, Arch. I was just driving by and I thought... No, no, Mercedes, get out of here. Get out. What? No, no. Arch, what's the matter? What are you staring at? Mercedes, believe me, you got to get out. you got to get out. No. Mercedes. No. Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come to take a moment's intermission in tonight's Lights Out story, the tale of a weird and horrible monster dreamed by its author into actual existence. In this moment, let's return to the world of stark reality, where a man is saying... Don't talk to me about having fun tonight. I feel too tired out, same as last night and many other nights. I'm getting thin as a rail. I'm too jittery to eat or sleep as I should. I feel like I'd never be able to enjoy life again. Now, wait a minute. Lots of men and women who used to feel that way have found it was due to simple vitamin B1 and iron deficiency. If that's your trouble, try ironized yeast tablets. Ironized yeast tablets? That's right. Ironized yeast tablets give you vitamin B1 with iron, the exact two substances you need when you suffer from these deficiencies. It's this two-way help of ironized yeast that's been of such splendid benefit in such cases. Yet the cost of these pleasant little tablets is only a few pennies a day. Gosh, maybe I ought to try ironized yeast tablets. By all means do, if vitamin B1 and iron deficiency is what's getting you down. Then see if pretty soon you aren't saying... It's sure swell to feel like myself again. I've got back my old time weight and pep. It's like a new lease on life. I'm certainly glad I tried ironized yeast tablets. And now back to our final lights out story. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! What's going on here? Didn't oh, no. we tell you to go to bed? Is that the way to act? We heard you screaming all the way down in the. Oh, no. Oh, no. Where did she come from? She, her, torn. 
Give me a gun. Huh? That thing in the corner there, won't you look at it? Won't you believe me? Give me that gun. Get away from me. The gun, I'll shoot it. I'll shoot that no, thing. No, no, stand where you are. Stand where you are. Let you have a slug. Huh? You got it coming to you. That girl, they'll burn you for it as sure as my name's Clarence McMinzer. And I'd like to be the guy that pulls the switch. All right, right in here, sir. You've got five minutes. Yes, I know, I know. Oh, Mr. Kenny, I've been waiting for you. I got here as soon as I could. Uh, looks bad, Obler. Very bad. What do you mean? I didn't do anything. I tell you, I didn't. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I know, I know. But, uh, Obler, you can't do a thing like that and just walk away from it. Well, I've explained it to you. I've explained it to everyone a hundred times, a thousand times. Won't anyone believe me? Now, look here, Arch. I'm your attorney. I want to help you. A great number of people want to help you, and we certainly can't do a thing unless you cooperate. Yes, that's what I said, cooperate. What do you want me to do? Tell the truth, the whole truth. But I've told you, I've yes, told you. Yes, yes, I know what you've told me. A horrible thing that you conceived in your mind came to life and uh, did a number of uh, peculiar things. Uh, but, oh, see here, surely you don't think that even the most stupid jury on earth is going to believe that nonsense? You don't believe me. Well, I've heard many peculiar alibis from my radio clients in time, but... Well, listen, if you want to plead temporary insanity... But I'm not insane. I'm not insane. I'm not then insane. Then let's hear a sane explanation of what happened that night. I told you. I told you everything just the way it happened. My brother came yes, home and... Yes, 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 I know. Well? Your brother came into the room and was eaten up by this monster, and then that girl... Oh, what's the use? Apparently you want to die. I've tried so hard to make you understand. I've tried to make you understand that if you don't stop this infernal nonsense and hurry up and tell me the truth of what really happened... You'll either find yourself taking a one-way walk to the electric chair or wake up in a padded cell in an asylum for the criminally insane. What? The fact of the matter is they've already appointed a lunacy commission to pass on your case. Lunacy commission? Oh, see here, Arch. Wait. I... No, wait. Let me talk. Go right ahead. That's what I want you to do. Maybe I am insane. I don't know. At first I told myself it was nothing but a nightmare. That I'd wake up and find it had all been nothing but a weird dream that never really happened. But it's not a dream and no one will believe my story, not even you. But such an irrational story. How can you expect anyone to believe it? Now, take that part about your brother being devoured alive by this, this monster. It happened. It happened just as I said it happened. It's common knowledge that your brother is pre-induction vacationing up north with your mother. He came back. You mean they are coming back. I sent your brother a wire to come back and bring your mother home at once. They ought to be here today. My brother's dead. Well, that's your preposterous story. This this thing, this monster who's supposed to have committed all these crimes. Where is he? Where did he come from? Where has he gone to? I... I don't know. Did the police see him? No. Did anyone see him? No. Oh, Arch, Arch, if you're going to think up an alibi to save yourself, for heaven's sake, think up a better one than that one. I'm not trying to think up alibis. I'm just trying to explain what happened... To you and maybe to myself. I haven't believed much during my life, except perhaps that somewhere there was a power that went beyond life and death. What happened to me isn't explainable in any terms that you and I... But, Mr. Gang, I tell you, it did happen. I thought of a monster for seven days and seven nights in my own mind. And like that prophet of the Middle Ages warned, the evil thing came to life, and yet only I could see it and hear it. And do you see and hear it now? No. That's what I can't quite understand. Perhaps the horrible thing only has life when I think about it intensely. <sighs> Inten That's it. It only has life when my thoughts give it life. Like an idea. Don't you see, Mr. Gang? Like an idea only exists when you think of it. Your thought gives it life. And that's the way it is with that terrible thing. Listen. What? Listen. Listen. Do you hear him? There. 
There he is in the corner. What? I what? tell you, he's there. Don't you hear it? Blubbering and slobbering. I see it now. I see it. You think? I'm not afraid of you anymore. You hear me? I'm not afraid. I'll kill you. 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 I'll kill Radio writers are crazy. I've had dealings with several of them. No, 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 I feel that it is incumbent upon me to, shall I say, uh, summarize the facts as they have been placed before us. Uh, first, it is an established fact that a murder, and a very horrible murder, has been committed. The police officer has testified very conclusively that Archobler was there upon the scene of the crime and that it was absolutely impossible for anyone else to have committed the murder. In other words, the man whose mental status we are to determine is a murderer. Consider further facts. Does he wear conventional shirts? Uh, no, 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 no. Another fact. Does he participate in uh, normal activities such as drinking, dancing, uh, fraternal orders, and similar uh, beneficial social activities? No, 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 no. I pile fact upon fact. Have you gentlemen ever listened to his plays? What are some of the distinctive features of these works? Voices. Mm. Strange voices. Strange voices. Whispering yeah. voices. Yeah. You know, that gentleman always whispering voices. 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 Gentlemen, I am of the firm opinion that we are dealing with a very definite case of Dementia Precox in its paranoidal form. No, no, Arch, no. A lifetime in an insane asylum. Oh, my, I'm not insane. I tell you, I'm not insane. No, no, of course you're not, son. Now, don't excite yourself anymore. Please, what did make me go? If there was only some way I... I could make them see the thing as I see it. Mother... You believe what I told you, don't you? Yes, yes, dear, of course I do. Oh, if Eli would only get back. Eli? But I told you, Eli, would... you're like the others. You don't believe me now. I know you don't. Oh, you will believe. I'll make you believe. Think. Think wherever you are. Listen to me. I think of you. Here, I think of you. I give you life. I give you life. Oh, you hear, Mother? You hear it does exist? It does? No, no, don't get so excited. There, Mother. You must. It's right behind you. Turn, oh. see, believe. Oh. You see it, Mother. You see it. I'm not insane. I'm not insane. No. My mother. Bang my mother. No. No. Not my mother. Not my mother. Not my mother. Not my mother. All right, all right. Hello. Oh, yes, Joan. Midnight already? Yeah, I've been sitting here very comfortably, and 
I finally thought up the plot line, and believe me, it's quite a brainstorm. I die. Sure, sure, it's my final broadcast, so why not? No, no, I'm not gagging. Listen to me. You know, it's all about a monster that I conceived in my own itty-bitty mind, and it comes to life. (laughs) Honestly, I haven't had a Coke in hours. It's going to be one of those, you know, crazy stories inside of a story. Now, Now, listen. The way I've got it figured out is this. Now, I'm supposed to be sitting here thinking of this horrible monster, and suddenly I turn around, and there it is, see? And my young brother comes in, and this monster eats him up alive, and then Mercy McCambridge comes in, and she... Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Joan. Hold it for a minute. I think someone came in. I imagine it's Bernie. I'll see who... doing down there? Didn't you hear the play? I'm dead. (laughs) All right, Frank. I'll come back to Earth long enough to say goodbye to our friends after you've had your say. I've got a word of cheer for you folks who are underweight, run down, jittery, often tired out. If vitamin B1 and iron shortage is what's getting you that way, remember, ironized yeast tablets give you the exact two substances you need. Of course, a rundown condition may be due to other causes. If in doubt, see your doctor. But if your trouble is simply vitamin B1 and iron shortage, remember, ironized yeast has been of such splendid help in such cases that it's sold on this money-back basis. If you don't begin to eat better, to feel better, and so sleep better, the cost of the first bottle will be refunded to you in full by ironized yeast, Box IY, Rahway, New Jersey. And now, how about those farewells, Mr. Obler? Yes, after a full year of blood and suspense and death in the night, the time has come to put lights out away and go on to other things. Thanks to those people behind the scenes who have helped so much, engineers, sound men, actors. Now, starting next week at the same time, Ironized Yeast is going to bring you a new version of an old favorite, Big Town. Yes, Big Town. And if a note of reality of our times has crept into a play now and then, forgive me, but even a fictionizer can't always forget that there's a very real war going on for very real human issues. So, right now, it's goodbye from a man named Obler and a cordial invitation to listen in to the show that exceeds lights out, Big Town. Yes, Big Town, the thrilling dramatic pageant of America's mightiest metropolis, as mirrored by Steve Wilson's courageous newspaper, The Illustrated Press. Listen as Steve takes you behind the headlines for the stories that are the lifeblood of a great newspaper. Remember, next Tuesday at this same time, Big Town. And if you need more vitamin B1 and iron... Be sure to try ironized yeast. But remember, there's only one ironized yeast. You'll know it instantly by the yellow and orange package and by the big letters IY on the container and on each tablet. If you're in the middle of fall house cleaning, stop and listen to this. 
Save time and money by taking out dirt and grease spots from your furniture and rugs yourself right in your own home. Use Energine cleaning fluid. Energine takes out dirt and grease spots almost like magic. It's quick, easy to use. Just moisten a cloth with Energine, brush gently on the spot as directed on the container. That's all you do. So spruce up those home furnishings of yours. Buy a large economical container of Energine cleaning fluid and keep things clean with Energine. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. That was The Author and the Thing from Lights Out here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. And that is a a double-dip request coming to us from Catherine and from Stuart, who both live in another country from us. (laughs) <laughs> which is just really beyond me when we started this 200 and some episodes ago that anybody would listen at all. Right, we struggle with someone in Wisconsin listens to us. Yeah, and now that, I feel so much responsibility to, I don't know, know stuff about you. I don't know, but I don't know anything about anything. This is going to make Joshua crazy. I would like to start with talking about... Not this episode of Lights Out. (laughs) There was an accidental, really cool thing that happened. He says at the end, hey, everybody, you got to tune in because that that fan favorite Big Town is going to be here uh, in the same time slot. So that's great. Tune in to Big Town. I'm pretty sure I just paraphrased that. And I said, what in the H is Big Town? What is Big Town? Now I get embarrassed because I go online. Oh, Big Town, you mean it ran 8 billion episodes on the radio? There was a comic book series or four movies made and a television show, and it was really popular. I had never heard of it. So I popped one in. Started listening to Big Town because of the end of this lights out. I really like it. I really <laughs> like it. It's really cool. And so I've discovered a new radio show because of this. So um, I could care less what we think of this one. I'm listening. Big time. <laughs> That's With- amazing that advertising from 80 years ago s- still works. <laughs> it works. And I went and bought some uh, ionized yeast. and uh, <laughs> Got your vitamin B. The spark plugs uh, don't work in my car that I bought. But... <laughs> But you've got some nice plump curves, thanks to ironized yeast. <laughs> did, did you guys ever hear of Big Town? <laughs> no. Okay, thank you, Tim. Joshua? I've heard of it, but I've never listened to it. Okay. I Maybe I've heard of it from this episode of Lights Out. It's a big deal. I didn't. I thought we had heard of every show ever. I didn't think one could get by me. I was just astounded. Okay, so that's that. Big Town. Uh, we're going to do a podcast called Big Town. Big Town. It's fun to say, yeah. It's super fun to say. Big Town. All right. Getting into this. Thanks for the request, you guys. I just want to rip the Band-Aid off. Wow, that was fantastic. I have one small, tiny thing that I don't even, I feel bad about bringing up, but my God, that was fun. I think you can enjoy it even if you don't know who Arch Obler is and Lights Out. I thought it was really cool. <laughs> That's my one question is if I had no idea who Arch Obler was or what Lights Out was, which I don't know how, how dumb to make myself in this hypothetical. But like, what's radio? <laughs> um, but... <laughs> Do I need to know Arch Obler and a lot of his eccentricities to appreciate it? 
since I do, I loved it a lot. Yeah, I think you definitely would benefit from a deep knowledge of Lights Out. I will confess right now that uh, Catherine and Stuart, who spoke so highly of this podcast, may have long ago stopped listening, because these are some really old <laughs> requests. <laughs> and part of the reason I held back for so long was that I thought both for uh, my co-hosts, as well as other listeners who start on old-time radio by listening to this podcast, that they would better appreciate this after we have discussed Lights Out. Many times. Yeah. Well, let me... No, you usually send a communication... Of some sort, telling listeners, hey, your listener request is coming up. Did you try that with these two? We used to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but then we fired our intern. <laughs> uh, that guy. That guy. I try to when I have the time, but uh, boy, it's hard not to get buried under the listener requests. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of them. We love them. Yes. We love you for sending them. We're never going to get through all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. Just stop sending them for a while, everybody, yeah. and then we'll get all caught up. No, don't say that because I actually lost a bunch of the really old ones, so <laughs> you, can get, you can keep sending new ones. And if you sent one a long time ago and you never heard it, you might be smart to send it again. <laughs> well, you just mentioned at the top of this, Joshua, that, oh, yeah, I've listened to this a lot. And I had no doubt that you had... While listening to this, oh, I'm sure Joshua had this on cassette when he was seven and listened to it 9,000 times. But uh, before I jump into you, uh, Tim, first time for you? Yes, this was an episode I knew about for a long time, and I knew it was on our horizon at some point. So I was ex I was excited going into it, but didn't know it beforehand. You know more than me. Never heard of this episode, didn't know they did this, didn't knew nothing about it. He sent it to me, which is what I love. I love when you guys just send me stuff and I go, okay, and you don't prep me. Because I started listening and go, did he just say our last episode of Lights Out? Like, I didn't even know. What I'm saying is ignorance is bliss, everybody. It's a beautiful way to go through life. So, yeah, I didn't know anything. And this is my first time listening. Joshua, how many times have you listened to this? Not that many times. I only discovered this, like, in the age of the internet. It, ah. More of Obler's classic episodes were available on cassette when I was younger. And I think this might have baffled me as a kid. <laughs> I yeah. mean, because on the surface, it uses so many of Arch Obler's recognizable tropes, but it's used as satire. I mean, this is sort of Orson Wellesian in its level of self-deprecation and self-aggrandizement. Right. <laughs> sort of <laughs> together, because this is really a big kiss goodbye to his show and his accomplishments. But Obler is so confident in what he has accomplished that he doesn't mind spending 30 minutes making fun of himself right and then sticking his head back in the studio to say so long suckers <laughs> i've got four <laughs> other radio shows i'm currently writing right right what are you gonna do fire me <laughs> um here's the things that stood out to me yep there's some tongue-in-cheek and some funny as the meta happens so no doubt about it there's some funny that aside that was suspenseful and somewhat scary and fun, uh, just as a story. Two, Arch is a good actor. Yeah. I, come on, mm -hmm. nothing? No. Back me up. That's for a writer who doesn't act. I thought he sounded like an actor. Well, Sorry, I gave Eric a head tilt nod in agreement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Eric felt it was underwhelming agreement. Uh, but I agree <laughs> that Arch Elber did a great job. And what I found entertaining about his performance is that he's been directing Lights Out for years. So he is able to perfectly emulate the house style of performance right. for Lights Out that he himself created. It has that rhythmic lilt to the delivery of the dialogue and these sudden spikes in mania. <laughs> yep. like it, you just really can recognize it as a Lights Out performance, which is fun. Next question. Uh, really, his brother and his mom are actors? I don't know. I would guess actors. Definitely uh, for his mom. That would be winning the family actor lottery to have a brother and mom who could pull that off. But did you guys find it kind of strange for him to bring his family in to kill on the last episode of Lights Out? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope, not for Arch. And also, it's the grotesqueness and the shock of doing that that yeah. is what he's going after. And I would say if you're related to Arch and you're listening to that, you probably got a big kick out of that. Like, ah, Arch had me killed on his show. <laughs> and it, there could well have been years and years of, hey, put me on your show. Yeah. I'd be great. Put me on your show. <laughs> right. Like, okay. And I'll kill you. <laughs> and he kills Mercedes McCambridge. <laughs> yep. no. She has a handful of lines and is just torn apart by yep. a monster. Yep. I had a real South Park reaction to that. <laughs> oh, my God, you killed Mercedes. <laughs> Archobler, you bastard. <laughs> and I sort of took it to be his his brother was devoured entirely. Mm -hmm. But I, I liked the implication that, oh, his brother died. <gasps> Mercedes McCambridge! Oh my <laughs> You monster! The cop is actually, I'll pull the lever myself on the chair <laughs> after seeing the horrific remains of Mercedes. I didn't pull the lever myself on the chair. <laughs> I could have done that role. <laughs> I love that joke about the cops for <laughs> so many reasons. It made me laugh out loud. I actually stood up while I was listening to it and clapped because <laughs> he actually got me because I had heard this before and it has been a long time, but I forgot about the joke. So I actually, in my notes, went, two Irish cops? Oh, and the guy on the radio... <laughs> also right. has an Irish accent. Yep. I was like, come on, Arch. And that tells you how pervasive Irish cops are in Lights Out. So it was a good target for satire because he does it every time. You know the story why so many Irish immigrants ended up being police officers in America? No, but I bet you're going to tell me. No, I'm not. Let's just move on. <laughs> no, the... Uh, uh, this is the really short answer you can look up, and it's really simplified because it's more complicated than this. But the the simple answer is free shoes. Uh, so many of <laughs> wow. them, so many of them didn't have uh, proper footwear, and they were given a uniform and clothing and shoes, and it was a good job because you got shoes. I told you it was really interesting. <laughs> told you you were gonna love that. You know, we can edit it out, but. I get free shoes at my job. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I get them too. Yes. <laughs> I get me a pair of free shoes. I want a pair of free shoes. <laughs> you got to work for it, buddy. Let's hear your Irish accent. Yeah. <laughs>
No, I can't do that. We'll get you some Crocs. Because that accent is a Croc. All right. Oh, see what you did there? Thanks, Dad. <laughs> did you guys uh, recognize the name of Joan Harrison? Did I have that right? The Phantom Lady? No, who is that? Uh, she is the first woman to win an Oscar with a screenwriting credit. She worked a lot with Alfred Hitchcock. Um, he referred to as the Phantom Lady. I obviously just Googled this because I didn't, can't just rattle this off the top of my head, but because she was in the process of getting her first producer credit for the film Phantom Lady. Oh. Wow. Uh, but I think she's a coder in Rebecca. Nice job, Tim Clavin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is dance with all sorts of indulgent references. <laughs> yeah. And yep. like, almost every line of dialogue from Obler is some sort of nod toward excessive things he's known for doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you know, there's the language repetition when he finally snaps uh, once he's been taken into prison where he's just like, I'll kill you, I'll kill you, I'll kill you, I'll kill you, I'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. How many episodes of Lights Out has just people snapping? I'm thinking of Murder Castle. Right. The Dream, just repeating some threat of murder or killing um, the Lunacy Commission. And I think that was uh, Hans Conry who played or the um, psychologist in there. But that was just such a great bit of Obler spoofing of himself, of just the the voices oh, yeah. and the yeah. whispering. And everyone's like, yes, there's a voice yep. and the whispering. <laughs> uh, and this is my nerdy reference. If you've ever looked up a picture of Arch Obler, he dresses in a very casual manner for the time period. Yes. Uh, he's always wearing a like a dirty-looking T-shirt with a suit coat over the top of it. Right. Um, and so they actually do reference his um, <laughs> his use of unconventional shirts or however they phrase it. <laughs> you wear shirts wrong. <laughs> uh, you know, in general, I think it's really brilliant to, what are we going to do for the last episode? Well, let's do it meta and let's give everybody what they suspect, that I'm insane. <laughs> Only an insane person could write this, so let's just give it to him. And then kill my brother and my mom. And then he kills himself at the end. Yeah. He just wipes out the entire Obler clan. <laughs> <laughs> Worst Obler Christmas ever. <laughs> um, you mentioned earlier, Eric, that it, there was a little bit of tension in it for you. Mm -hmm. And I think the only tension I really felt, because I, I mainly took it as a comedy, but the writer in me is stressed out by any deadline-related story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the fact that he has to just give up and send the secretary away, I've been in those places yeah. where it's like, maybe yeah. if I just sleep or sit in the dark and yep. brood, a script will appear. <laughs> right. I also appreciated the, uh, well, I have this page of stuff. I don't necessarily like it, but it exists. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, drivel or not, it's on the page, I think was the exact quote. <laughs> like, I might need that tattoo. <laughs> that should at least be on our desks as we write. <laughs> Here's the tension for me. And this leads to what I said at the beginning. I have one small caveat that I didn't know if it was leading toward he actually had created a monster by writing or thinking about it and the monster had come to life, or if he was an insane person who had manifested this monster that uh, wasn't real because people couldn't see it and that he was actually the one killing the people. And I was slightly disappointed that it didn't end with 
no, it was me. I was actually killing all of these people. Do you get what I'm getting at? I thought that would have been mm-hmm. a little yes. more interesting than, oh, it was an actual monster that came out of thin air. Yeah, I think that's a, a valid reaction. I think the satire just put me in a different frame of mind. I wasn't analyzing it for story twists. Right. I mean, I guess I'm glad he avoided the cliche of the phone rang and it was all a dream. Yeah. That was the one plot thing that struck me because that's what I was expecting. And I like the idea that he just answered it with all this excitement, enthusiasm, like, I've got an idea. Right. I die. <laughs> he sells <Right>. it. <laughs> you can hear the smile on his face. And I, I thought that was kind of fun. And, of course, you know the monster's going to appear and kill him. But, I mean, again, that's part of that referencing of the typical gong-worthy Arch-Obler twist at the end. The beauty of that ending is that you could do that ad infinitum. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep doing it. All the things that we've been discussing, I enjoyed. The thing I loved that it came back and it came back and it came back and I loved it every time was the sound that monster made. <laughs> was just the perfect blend of that's ridiculous and a little disturbing. Right. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of Phil Hartman's Frankenstein from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> there is that blend of like, it's threatening, but also, what? I can't make out what that is. Right. I always go back to the caterpillars in Northern Lights as that yes. classic example <laughs> of the thing that walks that fine line between comedy and horror. I think this one aired a little more on comedy than horror, but it was really close to that line. The caterpillar line, we shall call it from now on. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I meant at the beginning by I don't think you need to know Arch Obler to love this. If you know nothing about Arch Obler and Lights Out you wouldn't be picking up on all those little Easter eggs and it wouldn't matter because you'd be like, oh, this is the last show and that's the author. Oh, no, he brought a monster to life and it's killing everybody. Oh, no. (laughs) He killed his mom. I think it just stands (laughs) on its own as a meta uh, story. Let me risk the too deep a dive. Yes. Um. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for Tim Uren's too deep a die. All right, go Which ahead. end of the pool did I choose? <laughs> um, so a couple times he brings up what, what we have come to know as his uh, feelings about the war and that there's yeah. a war going on and I'm wasting my time here and people who are war profiteers should have their bones broken off, I think he said, mm-hmm. which is a weird way of phrasing it. And that there is a sense, a metaphor in here of this is a, a story I can't tell, it's a story I shouldn't tell. That I had this impulse of, like, he wants to make a full-out patriotic support the war. I'm not going to phrase exactly how he would, but um, that for some reason he feels like he can't make it so explicit. I think what you're sensing is that he felt, as he says, that men dying in foxholes and what am I doing? Yeah. The reason he's ending Lights Out is to concentrate on his other shows. Because while this is ending, he is also doing Arch Obler's plays as well as, I think, plays for Americans or Everyman's Theater, something that is, I mean, by modern ears, sounds really jingoistic uh, and Mm -hmm. like full-on propaganda-type radio plays uh, right now. So I don't think he feels like he can't write them because it's actually going on simultaneously, but what he's saying is this is an impediment to me doing that full-time, and he Mm -hmm. wants to get that in there, 
even when it makes no sense. Like he's just kind of babbling about breaking people's arms off. That was an important political thing to him, and he wanted to get it out there. He, I think Arch Obler invented virtue signaling, guys. I think that's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's illustrating why he's leaving the show, that this isn't the place I can say what I want to say right now, because it's just right. a silly monster of the week. In fact, he's sort of tearing down what he's been doing for the last year yeah. and putting this other thing up as more important. Yeah. <laughs> but like first draft of the script might have been, what have I been doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, are there any last thoughts in this, gentlemen? It reminds me of a Quiet Please episode, and I will not go into great detail. I only bring it up because I'm sure there are some listeners who are making the same comparison. Uh, there's a very similar meta episode called Where Do You Get Your Ideas, uh, where Willis Cooper plays himself in a Quiet Please, and it is about the, the ideas he gets as a writer and, and where they come from, as the title suggests. There's also another Lights Out that has some very similar qualities to this, but is darker and more of a straightforward horror show that stars Mercedes McCambridge, Murder in the Script Department, which is oh, one yeah. of my favorites. So expect mm. us to talk about that in the future as well. Yeah, it also reminds me of an episode of Big Town. <laughs> <laughs> Big Town, where they talk about, we live in Big Town. We can't write a story about Big Town. It was really meta. All right. <laughs> I'm going to vote first, everybody. I love it. It stands the test of time. It's extremely historically significant. It's really phenomenal if you know Arch Obler it's, uh, in Lights Out. It's a lot of fun. And I think it stands the test of time if you don't know anything about anything. And I thought it was well-performed. <laughs> if you're a blithering idiot, you will love this episode of Lights Out. I did. <laughs> And then it's fun. It's funny. A little bit of suspense, a little bit of tension. It's good acting, weirdly. Is it a classic? No. But it's really good, and I enjoyed a lot of it. Um, very much in the same wavelength. I'm going to kind of wander Joshua-wise of saying the, the criteria here get difficult of this is kind of a classic. It's not like... You have to listen to this. You can't say you listen to radio if you haven't listened to this episode. Right. Um, that's how I really talk. Um, <laughs> but it is it, it is just this rare, beautiful gem of a thing. It was a lot of fun, and I love it. Thanks, foreigners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is wildly indulgent, but absolutely well-earned. It's a swan song to one of the greatest, most groundbreaking radio dramas of all time. And I mean, Obler's self-referential meta humor is now just like a staple of genre fiction. I don't think there is any genre fiction now that at some point does not contain in-universe commentary on its own existence as a piece of produced entertainment. It's a must at some point if you're a genre television show or movie now. So it very much stands the test of time. And I personally, because of it, those two factors, think it's a classic myself. Not a starter classic, but a classic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tim, tell them stuff. 
Hey, go visit ghoulishdelights.com. That's where this podcast lives. You'll find other episodes there. You can leave comments on episodes. You can vote in polls to let us know how you would rate this episode. You can send us requests or resend us requests if we haven't gotten to it in a little while. Um, you can link to our social media pages, to our Threadless store. There's swag to be had. Or to our Patreon page. Yes, patreon.com slash the morals. That's where you can go and support this podcast. We have all sorts of great stuff for members. We have a monthly members-only podcast, Secrets of the Mysterious Old Radio. We also have a serial podcast, Cliffhangers of Doom. We have monthly happy hours with our patrons where we just hang out together and sing songs. No, we never, we never <laughs> sing. That's a lie. Uh, we talk about old-time radio because it's an old-time radio podcast, but I am not at a certain level of support ruling out sing-alongs, okay? I just want sure. to put that on the table. <laughs> you can buy anything from me. There's a uh, there's a price for me for anything. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> go to patreon.com slash the morals and find out what we're willing to do. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about an actual serial called Cliffhangers of Doom and how much I would buy that and eat that. <laughs> The Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society also does live theater. Uh, we are a theater company that does recreations and adaptations of old radio broadcasts and a lot of our own original work in radio drama. Uh, we have been doing it for a long time. And if you go to MysteriousOldRadioListeningSociety.com or GhoulishDelights.com, you can follow where we are and where we're performing, which we are doing and have been for a long time monthly. And... The good news is, this is the first time I've been able to say this, boys. In over a year, we're going to be back on stage live very, very soon. Once this comes out, it might even be the next one. So, this is middle of May 2021. It's been a long, hard road, but we're close. So, go to those places and find out where we're going to be. And always, when we're on stage, even if we go back live, we will have the ability for you to either stream or watch it later. So, uh, those of you in England, say, uh, who no longer <laughs> listen, I guess. <laughs> but you can see us as well. What is coming up next? Up next is, I haven't narrowed the actual episode down yet, but I'm going to pull something from a series we haven't listened to yet, The Key. Until then! Up next is my choice, and I'm still narrowing down which specific episode it's going to be, but it's going to be from the series, a series we haven't listened to yet, The Big Key. Big Town! <laughs> Not Big Town. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again.